Today's episode of the Watson Weekly Podcast is sponsored by Commerce Tools. The world of commerce is fast-paced and constantly changing. Commerce Tools, the global leader in commerce and creator of the powerfully composable mock architecture, enables commerce leaders to turn possibilities into reality. Commerce Tools helps businesses go from underperforming to overachieving, and from keeping up to setting the pace, all at a lower total cost. Go to commercetools.com to learn how to get started. It's September 25th, 2023, and this is the Watson Weekly, your essential e-commerce digest. Today on our show, TikTok shop launches in the United States. Shopify CEO outlines company operating principles. Quabio and Instacart IPOs mark their debut. Holiday season kicks off in October with big retailers. And finally, the Investor Minute, which contains five items this week from the world of venture capital, acquisitions, and IPOs. But first in our shopping cart full of news. TikTok shop launches in the United States. TikTok increasingly is coming for a number of companies at the same time, I find. Amazon, for instance, TikTok has allocated $500 million in promotional credits this year to fund their own Black Friday deals and are partnering to build their fulfillment infrastructure. Also, Shopify. TikTok is building storefronts for entrepreneurs that cannot link to off-platform stores and their own shopping destination, which Shop App, I'm sure, would have loved to become. And then Google, they're adding Wikipedia links into their feed and it's increasingly being used as a general purpose search engine, particularly by Gen Z. Even eBay is in the crosshairs as TikTok Shop UK has added a refurbished phones business, indicating that TikTok is starting to think more like a traditional marketplace with a video discovery front end. Shopify continues to discuss its previous partnership with TikTok in the past month but I do feel that there is more tension there than being let on. TikTok is such an asymmetrical competitor that most observers are not even sure how to classify them. Meanwhile, their discovery algorithm continues to pull away from the competition. For users, it's about attention. I think the only one who sees this coming is Elon, who is desperately trying to do what TikTok is doing, which has become the everything app. If there's one app that monopolized most user attention, It could increasingly command higher revenues from partners to appear in its feed, charge brands and retailers higher advertising rates, and become a shopping destination. TikTok's latest move with Black Friday deals is interesting, and here are a few notes on it. They're subsidizing up to 50% discounts starting October 27th, and they're going to be funding deals throughout Black Friday and Cyber Monday. Very soon, the hashtag TikTok made me buy it will not be something you think is on Amazon. TikTok shop rolled out this last week, and I wrote about that as well. Increasingly, I think TikTok is setting up kind of a virtual circle. They have ways for creators to sell directly and an ecosystem of app partners to connect to their software. In other words, TikTok app store. There are ways for influencers to get paid for referring other TikTok creators rather than using a general purpose affiliate program, i.e. self-referring affiliates. They're also enabling creators to fulfill if they need this assistant through fulfillment infrastructure. They're also funding great discounts online and encouraging consumers to shop. Now, as they continuously improve the discovery algorithm, 
This also has an effect of increasing the user minutes spent on the app. Indeed, the North American market may not have seen anything like this at scale. The reason it could all work? TikTok is not chasing attention. Their attention minutes are growing. And for a marketplace business, that's the foundation of success, providing services to fulfill that demand. Our second story. Shopify CEO outlines company operating principles. Recently, Toby Lutka traveled to California to be interviewed by the host of the All In podcast, which I thought turned out to be a good discussion. Personally, I'm kind of an on-again, off-again fan of the All In podcast. Sometimes I think it's the most brilliant thing I ever heard. Sometimes I can't get through five minutes of it. The fact that I find it good about 60% of the time is good enough to keep it in my feed, though. While Toby spoke about a number of interesting topics, I wanted to cover the end of his talk here, which really focused on the core operating principles of Shopify. Principle one, be great for crafters. Anyone who's read more than a paragraph from Toby understands that he sees himself first and foremost as a crafter and understands that without them, there is no value to promote. So the top priority always needs to be to retain the talent of the builders. Bill Gates had a famous quote I'll remember, but I can never find it. But even after Microsoft had over 100,000 employees, he said, if the top 100 quality people at Microsoft would ever to leave, we would be a completely different company. That quote always stuck with me. Principle two, anti-status quo bias. The goal is to be less terrible than all the other companies. Anyone who's evaluated an e-commerce platform understands that sometimes this is what you're doing. If you aren't unhappy with the status quo and constantly improving customers' lives, you don't deserve to keep their money. Principle three, subtraction. Toby has a theory that only founders can subtract from the company's offering because they are the only ones with the social capital to make those kinds of tough decisions. Everyone else gums up the works with more people, more features, and everything customers eventually stop valuing. Think about what Steve Jobs did when he returned to Apple. A core principle he had at the time was that all products should fit on one table. This last subtraction point is also a core element of Clayton Christensen's theory of low-end disruption. In other words, the incumbent never knows when to stop building. And it's also kind of an agile principle generally, meaning like you aren't going to need it. If you ask me who these principles are most like, I would say a combination of Bill Gates, Jeff Bezos, and Steve Jobs. The emphasis on the craft from Bill Gates the divinely discontent focus on customers from Bezos, and the subtraction capability of Steve Jobs. I always admire that Luca is a student of previous great entrepreneurs, and this interview really crystallized this as well. To me, though, if you put together Toby's subtraction principle, his upset email when they had to chuck the logistics business, I kind of get the sense that getting rid of the logistics business at Shopify was a deeply unpopular decision internally, and only one that Toby thought he could make particularly because anyone else would have justified how to fix the mess they had gotten themselves into. As someone who wondered why they ever bet so big on Six River robots and deliver tech-enabled logistics in the first place, I applaud Toby's thought process for getting out of a bad situation quickly by subtracting. Our third story. Clavio and Instacart IPOs mark their debut. Last week on the program, we previewed the upcoming Clavio and Instacart IPOs, which happened in the last week. Here are a few key points on each of them. Let's go with Instacart first. 
Instacart stock opened up 12% on opening day debut last Tuesday. And in doing so, the digital advertising company posing as a grocer snapped up a nice NASDAQ ticker symbol, C-A-R-T. On the first day of closing, Instacart was valued at around $11 billion, which is up from what I thought was an initially low valuation of $9 billion it was going to go out with previously. One of the funnest facts that the Instacart IPO revealed is that the real name of Instacart is actually Maple Bear, which is a tribute to the Canadian heritage of the apounder Oporva Mita and the California bear on their flag. Now Clavio. Clavio shares opened up 20% higher on its market debut last Wednesday. The email software and marketing automation company has over 130,000 companies, approximately $320 million in revenue in the first half of the year and a profit of $15 million over the same period. At the end of 2022, Clavio had around $575 million in ARR, or annual recurring revenue, and is now worth about $10 billion. On a backwards-looking basis, that gives it about a 17 times ARR, which is quite a healthy number for SaaS vendors in the audience. Of course, I could make a few worrisome comments here, but I'm going to forgo that today to focus on the bright side. Overall, I'm certainly happy to see the e-commerce industry is seeing IPOs again and obviously successful ones. Here's to more weeks like this. And our last story. Holiday season kicks off in October for big retailers. This past week, and what is starting to become a kickoff to the holiday season, Amazon announced the official date of its prime big deal days, which will run for 48 hours beginning October 10th. Predictably, Walmart and Target have followed suit with their own holiday kickoffs. Walmart has announced a holiday deals kickoff between October 9th and 12th, while Target is going to front-run Amazon with a Target Circle Week of October 1st through 7th. This little cat-and-mouse game of who starts holiday season first, discounts, has started to become an ongoing game with the big three retailers. Speaking of the holiday season, I wanted to pass along a little trick I used to determine how large each retailer expects the holiday season to become, i.e. how many temporary workers they plan to hire to handle the fulfillment demand. Now, these figures can be skewed because the more automated a retailer is, the fewer workers it can hire, but at some point, you still need to hire workers, so it's a good relative judge of volume. Let's compare the temporary workforce hiring for each major retailer to 2019. Amazon, for its part, is hiring 250,000 temporary workers for the holiday season, which is greatly up from the 150,000 it hired in 2022 and 200,000 it hired in 2019. The fact that Amazon's numbers are above both last year and 2019 give you some idea that Amazon continues to grow steadily despite economic uncertainty. Target is in a little bit of a different position. In 2019, Target hired 130,000 temporary workers for the holiday season. In 2022 and 2023, both of those numbers were flat at 100,000. This would seem to indicate that Target is still struggling to recapture some of its previous demand in this economy and is in for a lighter holiday season as well, perhaps flat to last year. Walmart, for its part, has not released its holiday hiring numbers. It tends to hire fewer employees as it hired about 40,000 in 2019 and 2022. Its numbers for 2023, though, have not yet been released publicly. What does this say about the upcoming holiday? While it's difficult to say without Walmart's number, it is encouraging to see Amazon's hiring ahead of last year's demand. I think that bodes well for Amazon's sellers this holiday season, so any sellers in the audience should be prepared to start your engines. Hey, Watsonians. 
Did you know that Amazon has released a tool based on artificial intelligence to help sellers create product content? The large platforms are driving the AI bus currently. If you were in our online community, you would. To stay on top of what's going on in e-commerce and join the conversation, visit community.rmwcommerce.com today. Now a word from our sponsor, Commerce Tools. When a multi-billion dollar beauty brand's e-commerce platform reached the end of its life, the entire business was at risk, including the ability to serve customers. By switching to Commerce Tools and embracing a more flexible mock architecture, the retailer's vision for connecting in-store and personalized shopping experiences became a reality. The brand can now roll out new features within days, securing its position as a modern brand that uses technology to its advantage. If you're being held hostage by your technology platform and your developers have thrown up their hands, tell them to start a free trial at commercetools.com today. It's that time, friends, for our Investor Minute. We have five items on the menu today. First, Rapid Grocery Delivery Service Getter raised $500 million in new funding. According to the Financial Times, on-demand grocery service Getter is raising $500 million at a $2.5 billion valuation. Consumers are less interested in the convenience and discounts offered by Getter, who have exited markets in Europe and seen its valuation decrease by over $9 billion since March 2022. Second, J.M. Smucker Company to acquire Hostess Brands. J.M. Smucker Company will acquire Twinkie Maker Hostess Brands via cash and stock deal worth $5.6 billion. Smucker continues to acquire brands optimized by private equity as Hostess adds additional revenue and earnings upside. Third, ShipEase raises $1 million in pre-Series A funding. ShipEase, an Indian-based SaaS 3PL that offers automated shipping, has raised $1 million in a pre-Series A round. The new funding will be used to hire, staff, invest in marketing, and build new features. Fourth, WHP Global acquires majority interest in G-Star Raw. WHP Global has acquired a majority stake in apparel brand G-Star Raw for an undisclosed amount. WHP Global continues to acquire brands that consumers love and now with this investment has expansion and growth opportunities. And finally... Skinny Dipped raises $12 million Series A funding. Skinny Dipped, which makes healthy snacks, raised a $12 million Series A from investors, including celebrities, athletes, and entertainers. The new funding will be used to enter new categories, product development, and further expansion into retailers. And now, for today's final word for the week of September 25th, liquidity. The word liquidity references not only the recent Instacart and Clavio IPOs, it also represents a warning to venture-backed companies in the audience. You see, most people are still predicting that interest rates will remain high through at least the first half of 2024, which will likely mean that easy fundraising is also not going to return anytime soon. The next six to nine months is going to be very tense for a lot of venture-backed companies, and personally, I would urge every founder either to be very comfortable they can raise money or to have about two years of runway. Having 24 months of runway instead of 12 to 15 months give you options. You can, of course, raise money in advance, but you can also raise money on your own terms rather than when you're forced to. Desperation never helps a fundraising or acquisition pitch. That's all for this week. Till next time, Watsonians. Hi, I'm Rick Watson 
CEO and founder of RMW Commerce Consulting and host of the Watson Weekly Podcast, your essential e-commerce digest. Our production partner for the series is Citizen Racecar. The show is produced by Jose Baez. Production manager, Gabriela Montaqui. To hear new episodes of the show every Monday morning, subscribe now at rmwcommerce.com slash Watson Weekly and wherever you get your podcasts.